Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, so I'm Jace McAlpine, and I'm here with uh, Ryan Dungey and Adam LaRoche. Uh, we're out here shooting a project for Red Bull called Homegrown, and we didn't really have a podcast in the plan as such, but we saw the guys talking, and we started to see a lot of real similarities between these two guys in terms of uh, the values. The Homegrown applies to Adam as much as it does to Ryan. Um, so we sort of thought, man, I think we need to mic these guys up and, and get a bit of a conversation. So I guess we'll start with, I guess, the title of this project homegrown what does it mean to you well i mean it's just uh from the roots of when i was a young guy growing up you know i um you know very fortunate to have a good family of people around me my grew up with two other brothers as well and and that uh you, di you didn't get anywhere without working hard for it you know you had to work for what what you wanted and um and uh you know my parents and they uh, they they taught they raised me good and they they taught me right you know and uh, and I'm glad that way you know they were um, always setting the path for us so I think that's it you know I mean it was uh, it was just watching dad go to work and mom and and um, when things got tight you know you buckle down and do everything you can and and make the most of it you know it wasn't um, it wasn't uh, living a, a fancy lifestyle by any means you know it was it was just really humbling and and good to go back and even through my whole career it was just nice to go back to minnesota that was the one place i missed the most and i've been in a lot of places around the country and and, and around the world and just being back and uh being going back home just 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 brought me back to to you know the the roots and where i started and it's kind of humbling in a way but uh but motivating as well so I guess the central theme of this shoot is the corn. Um, and so what's the connection for the Midwest to corn? Because I guess California's got the beaches, Colorado's got the mountains. What's the, what, how does corn, because I, I mean, people think like the Midwest, and they think flat, but is there a special connection in, in the same sort of way that maybe Californians think about the beach? Oh, I think so. I, I mean, this is the, it's, it's the corn belt. It's the heartland, whatever you want. You know, we got the corn huskers right up the road, Nebraska. Um, and not to get technical, but it's just the, the soil here is prime for, you know, for growing crops and, and specifically corn. So, you know, it's all we see out here. You see wheat, corn, and soybeans and, uh, and more wheat, corn, and soybeans for about, you know, a, a thousand mile drive in any direction of here, uh, which I love. And, and to just, 
go off what Ryan was talking about, about missing home. You know, it's interesting because when I was here in school, I couldn't wait to get out. Yeah. Like, oh man, this, you know, small town, I got to get out into a bigger, same here, bigger, whatever. Like I, like I thought I was missing something and sure enough, man, you leave for, I don't know, probably three or four years. I'm like, Mm. man, I can't wait to go home. Like I've seen all the big cities. I've got to travel and play, which I, I would never trade for anything. It was awesome, but there's there's a point when you just miss being home, mm-hmm. um, and all my family's here too, and so it's it's pretty easy to after after that lifestyle of of travel, it's pretty easy to find yourself migrating back home yeah. and try to try to shut the phone off and shut everything <laughs> off and just like yeah. hibernate a little bit. Yeah, you 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 realize what's important right, pretty quick. You do for sure. Well, with them the, with the motocross stuff. So a lot of the guys will go, especially when you first start off in your career. When you're, a, I guess, what you couldn't really compare maybe the lights class to the minors, mm-hmm. but a lot of the lights class guys that race the smaller bikes, they don't really get a choice of where they live. You kind of have to migrate to California. So it's right. almost like this pilgrimage of when you first turn pro, you have to go to SoCal, and a lot of dudes get caught up in that lifestyle. They get a bit of money coming in for the first time. They start buying houses and cars and things like that. And the girls out there. So was it for you? You were one of the dudes that never, ever got caught up in that. And, you know, even though you were sort of out there, you kind of always. So was it always a plan to move to Minnesota? Or was it that you realized once you got to California that you wanted to move back? Um, For sure. I mean, I remember I was 15 years old. And, and like Adam said, I, I kind of. I even called my dad. I was in California for the first time, and kind of I got I went out there for a, a sponsor, a gear company at the time, and doing some photos, just a couple day trip. And I knew all the riders were out there, and I thought, man, this is where I gotta be. I called my dad, Dad, I, we gotta move here. I gotta, <laughs> we gotta be here, you know. And you're, I'm 15 years old, you know, thinking I know what I want. And still to this day, I, I think I know what I want sometimes, but and at the same time, here here we are, and. I turned pro at 16, living in California. I, I you know, you know, I was uh, a full year there in a one-bedroom apartment. I was so scared to go out and venture out because I knew there was a lot of, you know, you could temptation. Get your, yeah, you could get yourself into trouble pretty quick. And so I focused on putting my efforts just to. I was out there strictly to to race, and and that was it. Um, had how, a little, how old were you then? I was 16. I just turned six. I was wow. just going about You're a lot more mature than I was at about 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's seriously to have the presence to say, man, I, I really need to focus on. Yeah. Not many 16 year olds are worried about well, career. But like going back to homegrown, you know, it's like my dad literally, literally would, he, he was a good, good man and, and he still is. But if I, it was so scared to, I never drank. Never did drug, never got into anything, all that stuff in high school because I just was so – I didn't want to mess up my career because motocross, I wanted to do that for a living. I knew that. But if I, if my dad ever found out, he would have whooped me so hard. <laughs> I got I got some spankings, you know, but that that was good. It was uh, it, it really set me on the right path pretty quick. Yeah. So I think with that, but I, it was what it was. I was just about to turn 17, got my own place, and here I am, you know, It's it, and I, now I got to prove myself and all this stuff, and it was just – um. I'm living what I thought I wanted, where I wanted to live, and then um, uh, it, it was it was good, but it was just it was just hard, you know. Were you with Lindsay at that point as well? No, I didn't meet my wife until about a year later. From uh, well, I lived there for about a year, and then I moved to Minnesota for the summer of '07 to do the outdoors, and then 
ended up having an injury and I went home to Minnesota. Had no nothing got rid of my place in California new and then something opened up and opened up in Florida. But meanwhile when I was in Minnesota I ran into my wife in uh right in Belle Plaine where I was now where I was my parents were living and that's where we moved to when I was fifteen and I always thought I'd you know, I knew I wanted a good woman, a good girl and everything, but I didn't I mean, I thought I'd met everybody where I lived and, and I guess I hadn't. So I walked into uh-huh. a diner and there she was and and uh yeah went on a date and it just the first night was amazing but it was just the the hanging out with her that presence i like knew like something was there so it was just so much yeah i'm actually more impressed now hearing that because i thought that you and Lindsay were together the whole time so i thought you'd moved to california as a taken dude no but you had the opportunity (laughs) so i'm thinking i'm like oh yeah like i could see that he's moved there he's got a girlfriend and so like the temptations are easy to say no to but the fact that you are single when you move there, that's pretty, that's, pretty, that's even more man. impressive to me. That's what I'm me. saying. You're, you're wise oh. beyond your years at, at 16. Yeah. I remember my dad, my dad always used to say, he's like, son, there's nothing better than a good woman and there's nothing worse than a bad one. <laughs> and man, the older I got, I'm like, that is so true. Yeah. And it sounds like I haven't met Lindsay. I, I can't wait to, but it sounds like we both got pretty lucky on the, yeah, very with, much with our wives and our schedules and. And and you'll find out with kids that there's yeah. a whole nother wrench yeah. and everything. But it's good. It was when I first got here. It was good to talk to you and and uh, and your wife about you know you guys. You know, obviously a little bit older, but what ten years? You're twenty, a lot, thirty-seven. A lot older. Wow. Oh yeah. A little bit. Come on. <laughs> we don't but, need to put a number. on No, <laughs> but it. But it's like that. That scenario. You know, like how where your wife's at, and yes, you have kids. I don't. But it's like. So many similarities there. It was good to hear. I wish, yeah, like I said, I wish Lindsay was here to, to, because some of the stuff, it's, it's hard going through some of the stuff that not many people experience that. So you feel like you go through it alone, but you, you know, you're not, you know, it's, uh, it's good to hear everybody's stories and relate. Well, there's not a lot of careers. Mm -hmm. People retiring all the time from everything. There's not a lot of careers and people retiring from this lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just not, I mean, typically you know, 99% of the world lives where they work. They go to work nine to five, whatever it is, come home. You raise a family, you take a vacation a couple of times. You know, it's just more of a, and I would never complain. And I would never say, man, I'm jealous of that lifestyle. Um, because we've both been, you know, blessed with way more than we'll ever deserve, but, but it's different. So you don't run across guys, uh, too often that you can sit and talk about like the transition. And so, that's that was that's interesting probably the age thing has to come into play too because like so what you're 27 now yes 28 coming up 28 28, so there's there's literally guys and girls that are still in college yeah so you've had a career before you know some people even finish school so some people even start a career at 27 28 they find the job that they want to do and you've done a lifetime you know you've achieved a lifetime worth of what you're going to achieve in a sport and similar with baseball i think you know some of the dudes maybe go a little bit longer in baseball but even just the age like finding guys that maybe have retired so young Mm -hmm. and now you've got a financial freedom to be able to sort of do what you want to do but yeah it's like what do i do now what do i you know where do i sort of go from there Mm because did you you i guess you retired under different circumstances too you sort of drew a line in the sand with um chicago yeah, yeah with yeah. with chicago with drake and mm-hmm. i mean so you kind of retired in I, it was probably sudden for you 
did you come out of that and sort it, of think it what was, next? Well, it was sudden, but but to be honest, I I probably wasn't far away regardless from, from walking away. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't have left before that. Se- I would have played out that season. I don't know after that if I would have signed, you know, an extension or. But I, I felt like I was getting. We were talking about that this morning a little bit. Just some of the stuff, some of the stuff I got involved with. Um, uh, a couple years prior to that and just some of the stuff I was being introduced to um, outside of baseball that was kind of uh, becoming kind of more and more of a passion. Um, I, I knew it was getting close. And, and, you know, it was it's neat because you talk about, you know, walking away from, from the dirt bike and the track and walking away from baseball. Um, I haven't missed it at all. And, and I think you mentioned earlier, like, it's, it's not something you – I guess you miss the competition some, but you don't like wake up craving. No, man, I wish I was still in uniform. I wish I was still out there. I think that's when you know that you know that the timing's right. So yeah. I've had I've had literally zero regrets. Um, but anyway, I, I was getting I was getting close. Um, so that just kind of is up the, the age process. is the age thing weird though that most people will spend their time working to say like 60, 65, and yeah. then you're almost limited in terms of your options. Maybe some people are limited financially as well. And then retirement's like you can kind of cruise and coast. But like, I know you were saying that you got so used to being on like such a strict schedule. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got a bit of the financial freedom. You're young to, mm-hmm. do, you, you know, you're in your physical prime. So there's no eight, uh, like physical restrictions that maybe comes with like normal retirement. So did you sort of get, even before you retired, did you know what you wanted to do? Um, I had ideas. Um, I, I still struggle with that a little bit. Like, But to like what Adam was saying, I for sure, like I, I think it's just a, it just shows that I don't miss it. But what it shows is that I, I did everything. We Yeah, like we, so we did everything we could. We put it all out there on the field. And when it was done, it was done. And, and, and I'm happy with that, you know, and I, I don't wake up. I will. I don't regret it one bit. You know, I don't miss anything. And um, there, there was a lot of good. Uh, but, 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 yeah. The thing I think I struggle with the the most is like, I don't struggle with it. But it was just like how you do something for so long, and I'm like, I'm retiring. I'm 27, gonna be 28, and I'm just like, man, it's so young. But at the same time, I, you know, I've. I've learned what's important, you know, the racing and the achievements and all that stuff was great, you know, but, but the platform you have and what you can go on and do. And so I know moving on, moving forward, it's like, I've talked to Adam and he's in, you know, he does a lot of, uh, you know, charity work and a lot of giving back and, and stuff that's more giving than receiving. And that's, that's more rewarding to a human being, you know, so I want to still be productive. I miss that getting better, but I was getting better for, for, the sports are it's selfish kind of you know it's like i knew that there was more it's like everybody's like don't rock the cradle we want this guy to perform good we want him to be okay we don't want him upset he's got to go out there and do his job and everybody's sacrificing everything for you and yeah that time is limited how long you can do that but it's like fine i mean yeah finally i want to i want to give back like i want to i want to do something for somebody else you know and and i think racing started losing its meaning to me like it started to become meaningless you know and and because we did that and it was fun and uh but moving forward i want to you know it's not a hundred percent what's there you know there's stuff we're doing charity work and we're still going to continue to do those things but i want to find ways how i can um benefit other people you know and and whatever that is um uh, doing it to the best and so that's where i'm at right now you know it's i wish i could say had it all together 
but uh, not not together but i wish i had that plan but plan. i don't and i just knew that racing was done and it's time to move on and can focus on my wife and moving on to that chapter and and we'll see what's next you know i i believe god's got good plans so um kids yeah that kids kids is next that that's that <laughs> and we've waited a long time so yeah. i probably would have been a long time ago we would have had him but Lindsay, being smart you know knowing what's best yeah. we held off so we'll get to that but it's interesting. It's, it's a lot to process. One of the things that I wanted to, I guess it kind of goes with what you just said, but I was around you a bit doing the stuff that we do and there was an intense focus all the time. And it mm -hmm. seemed like you put so much energy into winning races. And, and it wasn't like, I never got the feeling with you that it was winning was what was important. It was more that you were doing your job the best you could do it mm -hmm. if that makes sense like yeah. kind of got the vibe that if a third was a third it wasn't about it just wasn't so much the result but about doing the job right right and i feel like that would have been really tiring and exhausting because it just seemed like you were just in focus all the time for years and years and years you had that focus mm -hmm. and even this week there's a it's a different dude and it's like the job and you it's not about you know the laps and that sort of stuff it's about yeah let's make this project really cool let's do this let's so it kind of I can already see that um just in this week so i guess was it just tiring with the amount of focus and energy and effort that you put into the career yeah i mean maybe uh i mean i'd like to love to hear adams uh how you're mentally handled that as well like i for, for me I always felt that it was really hard for me to fully decompress and let go, even in the off season, because um, whether it's eating a lot of food, getting out, you know, not working out, you maybe put on a few pounds, getting out of shape, you, you know, whatever it was, uh, doing a photo shoot, um, you kind of knew you had to get back, and 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 that when you're performing and racing, you know, at the highest level, it's like you're you're squeezing every bit of physical performance out of your body as much as you know being this trying to be the strongest you can be so it was just constantly if you weren't riding and training and all you're resting and vice versa so there was just little time for everything else and i really craved that yeah like going back to minnesota I, if i could have flew back there like and just spent the night i would have just it but mm -hmm. you know it, it wasn't like that and and uh, i couldn't go back there for a week at a time because there was so much upkeep um uh, you know, maintenance with, with the physical side. So I just never felt like I could fully let it go. And not to mention, it's just, it's a high level risk sport. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think I was going to let go until I was fully walked away. Thankfully, you know, I'm very thankful and I didn't live a life. I didn't live it in fear. Was it a little bit, um, you know, uh, it gets your, it gets your adrenaline going for sure. I mean, who, who's wouldn't it's from the time as an amateur till now, but um, I think I, I, I just like always hoped and, and believed that I want to do good and make the most of this and not let the fear start to overcome. But I also wanted to be able to, I, I seen some guys weren't as fortunate, you know, and how fortunate I was to walk away and, and, um, to be healthy and to be safe and I'm married and, and we can go on to have kids. And I think I was, I was, I didn't want to, not that there was anything to lose. It just was hard to it's you you just feel like you're i got sick of that risk in every week every day on the racetrack and two weeks off i kind of dreaded going back because 
dude that you know dirt bikes fail in the air they they crash and they they, they do this but you know that's why you you know God's first place in my life because yeah I need His protection for sure. So, <laughs> but it's crazy that, like you say that now, right? <laughs> but then think about the Vegas race when you were suicide shifting in. The, so it's like here comes this big risk. Have you ever seen footage? So, wow. so I was, there's, there's a race in Vegas, right? What we what do you think? What were you in? Were you like you were chasing? So you were maybe like second or third or something. Yeah, like that? probably fourth, trying to get to third. Yeah, I was in third, fourth that area. I don't remember, but yeah. But so something happened. Rock hits the shifter. So Dungey's hitting a seventy-five foot triple yeah. in the air, and that was when he could change gears because there was a big straightaway coming up. So he was reaching down to the gear shifter and pulling it up midair. So like he's saying about reaching you know, down. What do you mean with your to hand the, to get to the uh, the shifter? Yeah. So I ran into a tough block. It took my shifter and kind of bent it outwards and down, so I could not get my foot under. I tried to heel shift. <laughs> I tried to heel shift it. I tried to get underneath it. I and so I would finally get it in the second with my hand over the triple, and then I'd go around the left-handed turn. And because it was hanging so far out, it would hit the ground and knock it back down in the first. So oh, I mean, if I can no. at least be in second, I'm good. But if I'm in first, I'm like really revving out. So. But I will say, when I was out there on the track, I was 100% committed. That's, like, a, that's what I'm saying. I was like, like look, I know. <laughs> whatever that, it takes. Whatever it takes. I know this. I got to make the most. But, yeah, I, uh, I've had a I'm couple. I'm have to go back and watch that. Yeah, yeah it's a crazy. It's, so that's what you're saying. Like, you know, you get sick of the wrist. But then it's like a guy that's in the moment is just <laughs> yeah. absolutely sending it. Just well, no, fully wrist reverse. You can't let up. Yeah. To be... To be at that level, yeah. you're a competitive dude. Period. Anybody that play, anybody that's at the top of their game is competitive. And I don't even when you retire, you, you can't go out there and let up. Right. I don't know what it is. Like it, it's in you. Well, I guess like, that's like why you would, guys I, reach the top, right? I, I think so. I mean, I retired. This is my second year, and we still play a tournament where I bring back former major league guys in Wichita, and we go play against college kids every year. And it's a blast, and guys that haven't got to put on a uniform in a long time and lace the cleats up, you know, get a chance to come out. We play, we play, you know, five or six games, and it's, it's not like go out there and sign some autographs. I mean, it's legit, you know, baseball. Mm -hmm. And these guys are just blowing out left and right because I, I try to tell all the guys, I'm like, listen, none of us are in the shape we used to be. Like, take it easy. You know, you hit a ground ball, jog it out. Don't go chasing balls in the gap. And it just, when it happens, you're going 100 miles an hour. And there's no like, there's no, so I can see that even later in your career when you maybe don't necessarily need first place or, you know, that it's just not in you to coast in and, yeah, you know, be satisfied with, with something less than what you feel like you could have, you know, could have yeah. gotten to. So I, I don't know that that, I don't know that that goes away. And, and that's the thing with retiring. And when you retire young, um, like you were talking about, you don't, I don't think it's, the dream isn't to go play golf every day and sit in the sit in the rocking chair you know and do nothing yeah because you're still you're competitive so when guys get out i know when guys get out of baseball they're looking for like another mission mm -hmm. now what now i got to do this my whole career at the highest level and compete every night so so how can i you know how can we keep going and find something to do and that and that is that is tricky yeah uh, especially if like racing or baseball or whatever sport you're in if that's all you had you know, if that's all that your your whole life revolved around that, um, then it's just totally shifting gears. No pun intended. Um, when, when we when you when you move on to kind of 
life after work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and it was like that. It was, it was like, and I was so afraid to get into anything else, whether it be business or a business deal mm -hmm. or, or anything. And I, and I kind of feel like maybe I should have because, but it was just so, you know, hundred percent into it yeah. that when it was done, it was done and it was a big shift in gears. And so what, I'm about four months now. So yeah, it's, it's try. I'm trying to understand that. And, uh, you know, and, um, yeah, I've, I've had some, I've had some bad breakdowns for sure. <laughs> Only in really? front of my wife, but <laughs> I mean, I, I struggled and, and, but you know, I, I try to come back and see, and it's usually when I'm looking within myself, selfish motivation, selfish ambition, selfishly trying to find out what I want to do versus like, yeah, what, what, what does God want me to do next? You know? And when I look out and giving and I need to, I, I got to get out of that me, 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 me mentality. It's been that way for years and I got to move on to this. What's uh, what, what can I do to benefit others? So. Well, I don't see you being a real selfish guy. I mean, I know no, you're, you're probably, probably hard on yourself sometimes, but that's been the coolest thing getting to, getting to meet you getting to meet all you guys but getting to hang out a little bit is you know i we've both been around we've all been around guys that are really good at what they do and i've known some before they were really good and then when they've kind of arrived and made the money or got all the accolades and it can be two totally different guys yeah yeah um and it's always so refreshing to be around guys that you talk to their friends and they're like, man, this dude hasn't changed since high school or this guy hasn't changed since I met him, you know, in college or, and you can just tell, you know, talking, going back to the homegrown, you can tell you were raised right. Yeah. Um, you got your priorities in order and, and I, and I love the fact that now you're just thinking about, you know, what can I do? How can I help? Yeah. I kind of, I, I got mine. I got to do my thing and it yeah. was awesome. And, and you're so right you know the the amount of people that cater to you during your career and the stuff that people put on hold or the you know people that go out of their way and you know i wish i could go back and thank a lot of the the the, the little bat boys and clubbies and grounds crew and guys that maybe when you're when you're so locked into what you do and so zoned in mm -hmm. on that game tonight or that race tonight um that some of those guys kind of maybe get overlooked or shadowed that that are the behind the scenes guys that, you know, would be nice to, if I could rewind to yeah. a younger me and go back and really pay attention to some of those guys that, that make it all, you know, make it all click for us. Yeah. Is that what's hard in baseball? Because there's so many staff at, at a clubhouse because it's a, it's a franchise, like an organization, because I think with like Red Bull KTM, you get to be pretty intimately close with all of those guys on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. Is it hard with baseball that there's so many more people involved in making that wheel turn well it, i think it i think it's maybe more similar than you think because we had our team and our team guys um so you had your staff that just travels with you you know them by you know first name you know their kids and it's the guys that uh it's the jason with dream tracks that builds the track, mm -hmm. you know, so the guys that you really maybe never get a chance to meet or the guy that's out there watering the track or the, you know, the ambulance that's on call, those two guys that sit there all day yeah. sweating their nuts off, you know, for, <laughs> now it's true. you know, to go yeah. back and like, man, if I could have just maybe walked up and signed something for their kid or introduced myself and, and you probably did it just knowing you for a couple of days and the kind of genuine guy, you, I'm sure that you made a lot of people's day like going out of your way but 
I feel like we always could have done, you know, a lot more of that where you're just so locked in on what I need to do yeah, to prepare what we need to do to win tonight that, yeah, you can overlook some of that, but were hindsight. You, were you, uh, cause I'm not a massive baseball guy. We don't really, it's not the biggest sport in Australia, but, um, we, <laughs> I know I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> were you, uh, were you like a natural talent guy with, you know what, like, cause, cause with Ryan, I think that this whole homegrown and this being a retirement kind of piece is the fact that he was all like in in motocross when you look at the history books there'll be a couple of dudes that were the epitome of hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard right, and right. that's where this whole concept really came from and with the cornfield and and the work that goes into you know that kind of agriculture mm-hmm. were you uh one of the talent guys or were you a hard work guy um I don't know that you can, I think you have to have both. I think more than anything, I see guys with a talent level way higher than mine. I mean, way more talent and potential than I had that never made it. Um, a big part being work ethic and, and how bad do they want it? Um, I always say, and, and, and I compare like, I compare like the military guys, like the, the SEALs. When they go into to BUDS or into camp, if you go in with the mentality of like, man, I hope I make it or I think I can, you ain't making it. Yeah. No, you got to go in there saying this is this is what I'm doing and you know, you're going to have to kill me for me not to achieve this. Yeah. Um, but I play with a lot of guys that you watch them in the minor leagues or, or even in college. And like, man, this guy is the next Barry Bonds. And they just, you know, it, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Which I wanted to ask you about. I was curious because I got to uh, obviously got to watch you ride the last few days live. I've seen it on TV a bunch, but how mental is the sport of of moto? Yeah, I mean, I get asked that, and uh, I I would for sure say you you like you can be the fit, most physically fit guy out there, but if mentally you don't have it, it it's worth nothing. You right. Know? The mental the mental side is huge, and um, you know, you know, early on, I, I learned that right away too. You know, it took a couple of years and and going through a couple of bumps and and this and that and some mistakes and all that. But it's just like, if you don't believe in yourself from the from the get go, then, like you said, you're not gonna make it. You're, you're done. Yeah, huh? yeah, and and it was, um, I mean, there were so many moments, and I can I can you know remember a few moments that mentally it was so. The hardest time it was mentally to be the strongest is when you're like the closest and that was like whether it's championship day or like my last race was nine points yeah and i had to get fourth or better if the guy won and it just the way but it was just so the demons want to come in and just tell you everything the opposite of good yeah and then to fight that and to be strong and to see yourself and to believe in yourself and mentally be confident and and and, and be mentally strong and um if i would say i would put more um emphasis on being mentally stronger than than be physically you know fit do your stuff but mm-hmm. but just as important mentally was just to be important. mentally yeah 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 and that's interesting because that's every every guy i've taught got to play with some some guys that golf for a living or mm-hmm. you know some football players that maybe come out and hunt we always get into the mental side and it sounds like every sport it's absolutely crucial to be to be mentally just locked in just because i remember like when i when i would struggle which 
was about half my career, by the way, were the times when I, you'd go up there like just kind of hoping you get a hit or man, hope, yeah. or, or, or when it's really bad. I mean, I've been up there where like, man, I, I'll pop a ball up that may go foul. Like, just please stay fair and catch it so I don't strike out. I mean, that's when you're like at the bottom of your game. But I've seen that mental side. And I think that's what's kept a lot of guys out of the big leagues. I'm sure it's kept a lot of guys yeah. from the podium. Is just is not going up there with 100% confidence. It's funny how fast that can come and go. Oh, um, yeah. Like we were talking yesterday on the track, and you were talking about your bike and, and how if there was a lot going on or if there was too much going on, it would it would like – you just start to think too much. Well, and yeah, the, I the mean – The negative stuff starts to creep in. and Yeah, and so and, – and as I got older, I remember a guy told me I, I was talking to him once. He's like, mental toughness is living in the moment. And I was thinking about that. He's like, God, that, that's that's true because for so much of my career, I was so like, it's easy with all the noise around the other riders and everything, all these other elements, it's so easy to focus on, right? Like, oh, this guy and, and this pitch and or, or, or all this other stuff, but yourself. Yeah. And I realized like I thought I was there, but my mind wasn't totally there with me at that present moment. Like, like And when I started living in the moment, I was all there, all together. I was sharp. I, my reaction time was better. Everything was just clicking, right? Mm. And I think maybe you, you know, maybe oh, this I feel when you were it, when you were there, actually, like your mind was there. I mean, like it was. Um, I couldn't. You were a powerful. The, you know, you were strong. You know. You don't see. You don't see or hear anything else. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you if there was anybody in the stands or if there was fifty thousand in the stands. But when you're not. Yeah. When I'm you not. Can, can you like notice everything? Oh, I hear the guy. I hear the. You know the. Yankees fan and the above the duck telling me how bad I suck and you know telling that's crazy spitting my stats out. out and I'm hearing that I'm like this dude's a hundred feet away how am I hearing this right now yeah you know and that's how yeah. domed up I was at yeah. the time and that's when you you know you just don't have a chance yeah but I think man that keeps unfortunately that keeps so many guys from from reaching that level that yeah. just mentally you got to have a short-term memory um, and yeah, stay in the moment, mm. stay in the moment. If, if I'm looking back at last night's game when I was over four, gosh, I can't get those two strikeouts out of them. You know, you're done. And that got, you know, it got better. The, the, the more success you have, yeah, you yeah, have you more can. and more confidence. You start building. Then you're mentally strong, you know, so it all yeah. kind of comes together. And that's why it's probably crucial early on when you were 16 to have some success, mm-hmm you know to start building that up where you're like all right you, you line up and you're like you know i'm the guy to beat right now yeah like good luck boys right so i think with racing it's probably um because one of the one of the cool things i think about your career so you you'd play a lot of comparisons like you know bobby bonds babe ruth or you know they've, you've, you've got the guys and they're like the benchmark guys but it's really hard like jordan lebron you're sort of comparing two dudes that are in these different eras but a lot of the great guys, you the, really the only dude in the modern great era of motocross that you didn't race is Ricky. Yeah. You raced James, you raced um, Chad, you raced Kevin, you know, you rate, and then now you've got Eli, you've got Ken, even Marv, mm-hmm. you've raced the world, you've raced Caroli. So I think that, you know, it's really Ricky and Everts are the two dudes. Yeah. So I think that with that, I mean, in terms of like a hall of fame career you've raced the, the the full spectrum of guys bar maybe two yeah but i think with motocross it's so in your face the visible comparisons you're on the same track at the same time there's a lap time so like was that from me from the outside 
And I mean, a lot of people, there was points in your career where you were really criticized against what someone else could physically do on a motorcycle. Like you look at James could go out and he could do one lap and be four seconds quicker Mm -hmm. against what everything you had. So how hard is that to overcome because you're constantly comparing yourself to a dude that's right there next to you and you know even to see a dude pull away from you when you're doing everything you can yeah it's it's testing for sure and and like adam said before it's like for sure there's there's guys even i raced against this year and the year before that that are more talented than me they got more speed um they're more skilled um they they work hard too you know but i have to you know I was training for the 2016 season. I just won the championship in 15. And I remember a couple guys I was riding with at at uh, at the track that we that we re-ride together every 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 single week. You know, we're out there chasing each other, and then the next year comes out, and they're they're like right on pace with me, if not a little quicker. And we're trading lap times. I'm like kind of bothering me a little bit, and I just thought to myself, you know what? They're fast. They got skill. They're good. And but I'm going to have to beat them with my experience. You know, that's all I have right now on them. And, and I need to apply that and use that. So going into 16, I thought, you know what? I can, my experience, my consistency, just do my deal, focus on myself. And, and you're talking about expectations. And it wasn't until like 2014, I, I realized that my own expectations were weighing me down. The especially like, I wanted to win already before the gate dropped. So I was hanging on to this win and and, and, and I I kind of choke, you know, and I'm like, what's the deal? And finally I let go of it all and I said, you know, talking to a guy and just corner by corner, race, you know, you know, one lap at a time, whether you're second, third, first, doesn't matter if you're just race the track yourself, you and focus on you and what you can apply. And when I did that, it was fun, it didn't weigh me down, it it didn't um I wasn't afraid to fail anymore, you know, and, but getting back to the, the riders and, um, I wasn't, I wasn't the strongest guy this year. I, I, I know I wasn't physically, I, I believed in myself for sure, but physically I, I was lacking it, not physically, but in a few areas I was lacking in a lot of areas from, um, speed. Um, but what the one thing I had was the consistency and I just carried, I just tried to use my experience and, and, and bring that to the table and, and then it, and it worked, you know, and believing in myself and putting myself in a position and, and all these things. So these up and coming guys are young and they're, they're, they, they take risks. They're doing things where I, th- I think I started getting a little too smart for my own good. And, you know, but I just was thinking thinking twice about stuff like i know the consequences if i come up <laughs> short on this jump on this quad you know right we're doing quads now four jumps in a row and it's like why do we got to do quads now can we just sh- shave this thing down and keep it a triple but no we gotta these massive jumps and so i was just like oh boy just keep it keep it cool keep it focus on you do your thing and stuff so yeah it's it's just I had to focus on myself again and do what I had to do. And, and, um, but yeah, like, like baseball, what is it? It's, you know, you can't compare that guy and that guy at the same time, but so it's tougher. You go off stats, right. And stuff. But yeah, I never like to compare myself. And I think a lot of people have learned this because you're either going to find something they're good in and you're going to get down and wish you had that and envy that, or you're going to, um, be, better than them at that and then you're going to get a little prideful and and that's when the fall comes so i i just like you know what do my deal and here we go man i remember when i first came up 
and walked into a big league clubhouse and I'm looking at these dudes and I was I mean I'm I'm skinny now but I was real skinny as a rookie and I'm looking around at some of these guys that are huge I'm thinking man I'm I should be like the bat boy on this team I mean you talk about comparing yourself to yeah. so, so I'm yeah. literally my first month I'm like I have I, I mean I know I'm pretty good like kind of an internal confidence but these guys got me about like 50 pounds these guys are men, muscle huh? and i'm just a little kid you know barely got hair under my arms like i can't <laughs> and, and over time then you do you start to all right well, they you know especially guys you play against all right they just got me on size or speed or whatever it is but you kind of figure out where your niche what you're good at and and go from there but I don't know if we can. I don't know that. I think there's a lot of comparisons, but one is ours is more like a merit. I mean, ours is every night, not yeah. near the wear and tear at all, but it's not. It's not like the short sprints, right? Um, it's not the. So I think there is a little difference where you have to go. When it's go time, you're a hundred miles an hour. Uh, ours is a little more stretched out, you know, with a 162 games and then you know spring training, so. I don't know the the wear and tear on on you guys. I don't know how you. Uh, I can understand why guys retire before they're thirty. Because shoot, I'm I'm thirty seven now, and you saw me on a dirt bike yesterday, just <laughs> scared to death. You know, gripped on, trying not to fall off. And yeah, I don't know how I don't know how y'all do it. Is your guys more of like a um, in baseball a mental wear and tear because it's that? I guess with you know if you're at bat physically, that's not a thirty minute sprint race on a on a 200 pound motorcycle mm -hmm. but is it you know like you said you were worried about the strikeout or such someone just catches ball so i don't get you know don't get struck out right so is it right is there more room over say do you guys play for like multiple days in a row right yeah i think you know what i think we average like over the course of a year i think we average it like one and a half off days a month so Jeez. about a day and a half off so some months you may get a day off so much you might get you know two so days something's off, going but. wrong and it can compound it does, you know, you know so it's not like you get that week off where you can go home but see get that, on the program that can be good and bad though yeah because um, if you go on a run it you carries, you yeah. roll and if you're not doing good i don't have to sit and wait a week stewing on the oh. game the night before like you have a bad race you can't fix it the next night no you got to go through the you got to go through the travel the practice the whole time thinking like man you know weekend hurry up and get yeah. here so i can you're living you know, that race monday on. night oh i can't imagine so at least i get to you know you go home and sleep on it you don't have time because the next day it's it's go time again you're playing again so like you got it like you were saying before it's so important to have a short-term memory but you actually get a chance to have a short-term memory because it is a pretty it short is. time until you can hit that it reset button. and these guys don't they don't have that i yeah. mean you know especially if you get hurt i mean if you're out if you miss a few races yeah. and then the whole time you're just thinking well these days if you're hurt it's done if you realistically if you miss one like you could probably get away with like maybe one race but if you miss maybe even more than one two races it's oh really so it does oh, you no good to come back and nah, finish it's the out, last really few. it's just hard um and not to mention if you do have an injury you, you can't ride well your physical you start losing your physical and these guys are racing and they're getting better each week you know so oh it's, so it's, to come back and compete after to an compete injury is yeah tough. championship it's oh you know pretty much over um but you can still come back and compete for some wins and yeah. stuff. but yeah i had a question for you i was thinking about uh like i remember growing up and even when i was turning pro and then even when i jumped to the 450 class i mean i was racing against guys that 
I remember I was 13, maybe 12 or 13. Here comes Bubba Stewart onto the scene. I'm like, wow, you know, this guy's everybody like this. And, and then all of a sudden I'm racing against him, you know, and uh, you're like, how do you, you know, but you know, you change into that mode, but you went from like, dang, look at this guy, you know, he's good and looking TV up to, to him. Yeah. Yeah. To like, dang, now you're with him. Did you ever have any moments like I, I, man, players? I, I had, I, yeah, there was a few guys. Um, it was a little different because my dad played. So yeah. we kind of grew up around the guys in the clubhouse. And so so from a young age, I was kind of around that. We used to bat boy for him. We'd always go to spring training with dad okay. and, and be around the guys all year. So it, it was a little different um, just because I had been around it. But there was always some guys, you know, Randy Johnson facing him, um, which is a nightmare, by the way, you know, Barry Bonds watching him play, you know, standing at first when he's hitting, I'm like, man, this, you know, this is one of the guys As a kid. That I grew up watching. Oh, yeah. when you were, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, playing. I was still a kid in, in my mind, but you know, I was. But here you 23 are, three years old or whatever. Yeah, um, getting to play against some of those guys, and yeah, you have those moments where, like, man, that's pretty. I remember, I remember getting uh, my rookie year in New York, first time playing at Yankee Stadium, hit a double off somebody, and I get to second, and and Jeter comes up, which is everybody's <laughs> idol. Yeah. And just puts his arm around me. He's like, man, welcome to the league. You know, way to swing it. Um, I'm going to be pulling for you. Something like just a really classy thing yeah. that I saw a veteran do that obviously I'll never forget. I yeah. mean, even now I'm retired um, at 37. I remember, you know, that was 14 years ago or something. And I'll never forget it, you know, that he went out of his way. Um, but I'm glad it happened because it reminded me, the older I got, how important that is for the young guys. Yeah. That um, is cool. <laughs> and it's probably like, you know, you, I don't know how race day works, but just going up and, and introducing yourself to a, you know, to an Austin Fortner who, who was out here hanging with us. Um, just a kid like that, that probably looked up to you. And you know, I just always wanted to remember that, 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 you know, could have a huge effect on them down the road. Like Jeter did yep. on me, which by the way, I'm no, I'm no Jeter uh, <laughs> at all. I, I hope I didn't. <laughs> I'm not making that comparison. Um, well, you're pretty good. You're pretty dang good. Well, I got, I got lucky. I, I, always, I had the mentality of swing hard in case I hit it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, occasionally it worked out. I think one of the cool things that I sort of only, it was like a recent thought with moto, like you, it's a team sport with you guys and you've got your, you know, you got your mates and then you even play for other teams. And then you, you know, I know you still yeah. hunt with some of the boys that you used to play with, but played against. But I think with, with moto i think honestly a legacy that maybe people won't really think about too much directly now in your career is that it was so individual before you and baker's factory and now i think you guys really changed the game in a lot of ways to where you know it went from just you sort of on an island by yourself and not wanting to let people see times testing things like that yeah. and now you know you came along and you and marv this year were really good friends and then even in through retirement you've gone and then you've got uh ando there and then you had ac there and you know there was there's a real you got you created a dynamic and i think you were the first dude pre premier dude to say no nah, it's okay like when have you seen james ride with anybody or you know ricky back in the day didn't really ride with anybody and i think that that's something that maybe isn't gonna be looked at now but i think going forward that's really gonna change this the sport yeah, definitely. There's more guys doing it. That's for sure. Um, I didn't really under, didn't really know. I mean, uh, I mean, I figured like, why not? 
you know, I've, I've lost a championship, Supercross championship for four years in a row now. Something's got to change, right? Like, so I started working with a guy named Eldon Baker and it was in, uh, I trusted him. I felt like, I felt like if, if this is what he thought was best and a place, a spot opened up for me down with him and I moved down there and, um, it was, uh, it, it was great. You know, we worked hard, we chased each other. It really improved the, um, you know, my, my racing, um, you know, cause I was always felt like I was being chased and I was, I was chasing somebody or being chased. And that was just like, like race scenarios, uh, typically. So, um, but with, uh, with, with Eldon, yeah, we, we worked hard, we put in our time and, and, you know, we, so when we showed up at the race, it, it wasn't really any different, you know, and, um, did it make the laps go by quicker through the week? Cause that's a, that's a grind, man. Like the way you guys train and it's just every day it's a starts off with what two hour cycle mm. then you've got motos every single thing is timed then it's a gym session and then you've got to go home you got to cook there's a huge emphasis on rest with alden's program so i mean when you're doing that for years and years and that's your daily grind did the guys that you were with i know ando's a funny dude you and marv got super close did that make the laps go by that little bit quicker yeah for sure um i wouldn't have even lasted three more years if i kept the rate i was going um riding with other people was just incredibly helpful for me because it, it it put it i didn't have to think about it uh, about keeping myself motivated out there by myself you know you it's funny how you start not daydreaming but you start drifting off out there by yourself and when you got a guy that's right ahead of you uh, right ahead of you and you're like it's comp I'm competitive, right? You put him in front of me, I'm going to try to chase him down. I want to pass him, you know, or, or whatever, give him a distance or, so that was my goal, you know, and whether I was leading and not wanting to be caught or the guy was in front of me, not wanting to catch him, trying to catch him. So, um, the intensity was there. The fun factor started to come about the, everything just started to click in a good way. And, and it was a great time. And, I think those last three years, in switching topics a little bit, but it's like those last three years, what was a lot more fun for me is that, and, and Eldon taught me this, is that I started, um, started like we were talking earlier, not looking at myself so much. I tried to do the best I could, but I started seeing like, I was at the test track one day. We were testing out in California, and I got really, I was really upset. I mean, we had a, with the old bike, and now we're on a new bike and we're still fighting a few things. So four years, we're just, we, we've been struggling a little bit, trying to get these good settings and it starts to wear on a guy, you know? And so I, I just kind of lost it and started kind of being a jerk and just not really treating my guys like I should. And, and Eldon, you know, we got back to the house that day and Eldon pulled me aside and he was like, what happened there? What happened there today? You know, I was like, cause I didn't really say much. I just went into my own and just kind of just sat there and kind of pouted, just had a little pity party, you know? <laughs> and, uh, he's like mate you remember you're steering the ship you know and i was like yeah you're you're right you know and um and it really hit me then is that these guys are feeding off of me you know and how if i act like that how it's just they're gonna go back and you know what, what are they gonna want to do for me if i'm acting like that you know and that just right there and then it like things just changed right from that conversation moving forward and it, and I didn't really have to work on it because it's just like I noticed it and then it, it just I wanted to be better, you know, and, and I went and I wanted to motivate the guys. I encouraged the guys. I started encouraging people and investing in the lives of other people. And that was just so like rewarding and fun. And, and it wasn't about winning a race and a championship, though that was the goal. But aside from that, we were just enjoying this ride. And for three years, it it was a heck of a ride. And 
from where we went till now from from with ktm where it was and then we had three years and it was great but these last three years were just like incredibly fun and enjoyable hard you know but just like re the rewarding and how we can all how we all got there and so it was just such a a shift in, in mentality from me to it's amazing how that works you know it, it's like it went from me trying to just you guys get me there to like mm -hmm. i had to turn around and say guys let, let's do this together right and i don't know it was just and it was just 10 times better 10 times funner the results were way better um and everything just fell into place so that 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 and riding with other guys at eldon's <laughs> extended my career a little longer and, and and things i can continue to do so anyway that was just a, a little nugget <clears throat> no, it's it's funny how that works when we when we go from being being concerned about being served, to, yeah, to serving, yeah. How much that can change your your path, your your attitude, your outlook, mm -hmm. and then eventually the results, you know, of whatever you're trying to do. It does. It just kind of frees you up yep. to go out there, maybe have a little more fun, enjoy, maybe it. have a little better perspective on. Hey, this guy over here is not getting any of the glory. Mm -hmm. He's dang sure not making the kind of money, and yet going through all this and to just appreciate them yeah. a little more. And that that kind of goes back to if if I could go back and and maybe thank some of those yeah, guys yeah. And, and have that like that kind of that aha moment you had with mm -hmm. with Eldon and him kind of sitting you down. And it sounds yeah. like he's kind of a he's, he's a kind of the grandfather over there and the yeah the the wizard. Yeah, he's he's a solid guy. Yeah, that's a what solid I, I person, hear. solid family. Just, um, yeah, I just wish those times would have came earlier in my career. Yeah, um, kind of those those times when you when you start thinking about others more. But yeah, interesting. Did you have like a mentor in that form? Because I guess it'd be hard in baseball, right? Because you've got a team manager, like they call them team managers, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got a different crew, a different staff. So is it hard to have a consistent mentor through your career? Like, did you have anyone that you kind of always leaned on that was maybe outside of all of the teams or did you have guys in old sort of teams? Because I feel like mentors are pretty important, whether it's business, um, sport, just, you know, life just in general. Life, yeah. yeah. So like, did you have a force like that? I mean, no doubt my dad. I mean, he was kind of the one that, that he knew. He knew me. He knew my swing. He knew kind of the ins and outs probably better than I did. So he was the one I would lean on. But I always had guys. I was lucky coming up. I had um, Chipper Jones, who's still a close friend. We do a lot of hunting together. But he was one that kind of early on took me under his wing. And he's one I could go sit in the video room, you know, for hours. And he'd, you know, we'd look at different pictures. And he'd look at my swing, you know, past and present and 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 help me there but there was always some seemed like some some veterans early on that would that i could lean on for stuff like that um but overall my dad would be the one that when you know when it was all going to crap dad was getting the call and and sure enough my mom would chime in it was, it was so fun my mom like thinks she was a professional hitter because she, she would i'd be oh for a hundred just couldn't couldn't hit my way out of a wet paper sack and my mom would send me a text about how much I'm pulling my head and how just how messed up my mechanics are. And and so early on, I was I'd get mad at her and I'd fire back. And then later <laughs> on, I realized she just cares so much. Yeah. And she wants to help so much. And I, I started to appreciate it more. But 
yeah my dad uh my dad would always have some good advice that that fun thing like you said the last three years were pretty fun there was definitely times where i was around you i was like it just doesn't look like he's having that much fun so but again it comes back to that focus i don't think it's a it's not like a negative thing because not like it's your job so it's a you know you carry a, a super heavy camera that you wouldn't go damn this is fun this is really really good having this on my back for this quarter mile <laughs> right. walk so it's not like it can always be fun but i mean where was the fun in you because i think that the cameras are tight on you wiping mud off your face after 30 minutes like the yeah. what what we get shown doesn't look fun it looks hard yeah well and what sorry no I'm, go ahead i'm go just ahead. gonna answer part of this in, in the in the media the media wants you to be everything so when you talk about the cameras in your face or or you know sitting sitting at the trailer after the race or sitting in the locker you know the media wants you to be the happy-go-lucky smile crack jokes you know have a bunch of good stuff for them but they also want you to be when the lights come on to be the intense locked in and there's just not a lot of people that can they can do that and keep up with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like so, un- so unrealistic expectations. You can't, you can't win. Right. They love you for, man, when Ryan's racing, he's locked it like he is game mode. But then, and I don't even know, but I'm maybe afterwards he wasn't, didn't want to sit and have a beer and crack jokes with everybody and, you know, just open up. And so, I, I don't know. I, I just, I ran into that too. Because I always got criticized for, like, never smiling which I thought I smiled all the time. Maybe I never do. Maybe it's just inside. Maybe it's um, or maybe the mustache hid the smile. I don't know. But it was always like, man, are you are you having fun? Are you not? And so I just kind of learned that, you know, you're, you're not, you, you can't always please them and, and give them everything they want. I mean, it's just, it's not there. You, you're, I think you're kind of, kind of one or the other. Yeah. Where was the fun for you then in that? Um, I think, uh, when I, when I, Sure. Is it? There's moments you probably saw. Yeah. Um, does it, how can he be having fun living like that? You know. But it's like, I think inside, like he said, like when I went to the track in the morning, I enjoyed my drive to the track because I looked forward to getting on, on my dirt bike, and I, I, I enjoyed going to the races, and, um, and I was in a, just a better state of mind. Um, I was incorporating. You know, may, maybe some think of fun, always laughing and giggling, having a good time. But, you know, I was when I was on my dirt bike, I was everything I was doing. I looked at it like like fun. Like when I looked at the track, I could visually sit on the line and look at this track. And I'm like, all right, see it as in like, you know, fear or, or hate or whatever you want to call it as like a like, dang, here we have to go or see it as in fun. And when I would like visualize seeing myself going around this track, having fun, it, it was like man, I can't wait to get out there, you know? And so it just brought, it just brought, you know, when we made that change, like I was telling you earlier, it just brought the fun factor back of like doing stuff I wouldn't do on my dirt bike. You know, when you're out there on the track and you're just forcing it, rushing it, bulldogging it, it's like the setup doesn't work because you didn't set, you didn't ride like that during the week. Yeah. Being like that, you rode having a good time. So when you ride the bike, having fun, you see two bumps that, Oh, I'm going to turn that into a double. I'm going to jump. I'm going to double that. And so the bike doesn't have to get all this, all this stuff, you know? So I had more time and patience for, for the fans, um, for, for the people, um, coming up. Um, and I didn't lose my, my stuff when, 
when 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 it wasn't when it was under on a it was when i was interrupted and it wasn't something that we had planned and it just comes up because stuff happens like that yeah. you know so and the last thing i'll say is my approach was better i, I always kind of came into a few things like oh, i have to do that you know but and then it turned into no i get to do this you know yeah and when i looked at the like certain like doing things whether sponsor commitments uh whatever you name it that i get to go do this i enjoyed the whole process of that specific whatever you want it whatever it was a lot more but i didn't know i could enjoy it that much because i never allowed myself to so it was just uh does it look mm. fun no it's it's hard it's grueling it's one of the toughest things and and, and mentally the things you face physically and your heart rate's up there. You want to stop because you just feel the lactic acid. You're just like you can't. You're just suffering out there. And, and but but when it was all said and done, it's like that was incredible. You know, like wow. You know, so I don't know. It's just that's what I I don't know. I just enjoyed that. <laughs> I think when you retire and you're what are you four months out? Yeah, four, four months. months. Yeah, I think the further we go, I mean, I'm a couple years now. I think the further you go, you look back and see it as as more fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, th I think you'll start to look at those races like, man, yeah, you'll you'll think back at a certain track, certain year. Man, that was a fun race. Yeah. I was with so and so, and you know, bumping handle, but whatever, coming down the stretch. And so I, I just I know looking back now, I can see baseball as being a little more enjoyable than it was at times when it's yeah. July and hot and it's kind of the dog and you're just grinding through it, you know, trying to survive it. And yeah. Or about the what about I mean even the times that was uh, going through something right like whether it's trying to win the World Series you know the whole season it's hard you're pushing through it whether up into the last game whatever you want to call it my, even I like for example my last my season this year my up until my last race it was like I don't even I don't know how I'm gonna make it right. like I'm just like I'm about to just like mentally I'm about to just sleep all day right. physically I'm just everything's starting to go here I'm like what's wrong right. but is hard as heck and facing it it's like but keep just stay there it's gonna pay off it's gonna pay off and then like you get to vegas and and you win and when that when you cross the checkers it was just like or when i crossed it it was like instant relief but it was just total like worth every sure you know because you did you sacrificed you gave up a lot you didn't you know you gave you you did it you did that because in order that was the goal right so but maybe when you accomplish it it's like Gosh, that was hard as heck, and, and the, it's maybe short-lived. But I wouldn't trade it for anything, yeah. but well worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know your last race was Vegas, right? Yeah. Or did you know that you were done? So, no. Okay. Um, yes and no. I, I was leaning on the fence for a lot of people don't notice, and whether they care to hear it or not, and I, I did. I, I tried the best I could, but I remember I, I, I prepared all the way till um, I did the whole off-season. So when I broke my neck in 16, people asked me, is, is now, did you retire because of that? I said, no, the neck injury didn't bother me. Uh, Roxon's injury, him crashing and having that crazy injury, that, that, yeah, it's like, wow, that can happen to any, that all of us in a moment, but it didn't, wasn't my reason to retire. I, I already knew the risks of, of racing, but it was just that what happened in, in Colorado, that mental fog, I was just so mentally, um, 
it wasn't like a thing I could control. Like it's just I was pushing it for so long and threading the needle for for a long time that it just something had to give. And just hit a wall. And my mind wasn't there. I was sitting on the gate. I'm like, what's wrong? You know, where are you, Ryan? Get get in the game. And I just couldn't. And I couldn't just go. I just if my life depended on it, I I could go. But if my life didn't depend on it, it was just like it was. I was having a hard time. But huh. anyway, so then I, as as I took that went that that. Um, summer off of racing and i had a uh i just i i because I, I, I broke then my i cracked my c6 vertebrae and i went into the doctors he said um i don't know if you believe in a higher power but you know if it would have been any more um you, you could have been paralyzed you know and i and not just from the waist down but from and, wow. and me and my wife were sitting there and i dang there teared up and i was just like a little emotional and she was too and i i think we right then and there we said we're done this is it like we're going home. I want to go to Minnesota. I don't want to see a dirt bike again. Mm -hmm. And um, I knew that maybe was a little bit of a fear-based decision. And it's, yeah, it's scary for sure. Who wouldn't it be? But I decided, like, look, I had one more year on my contract. I, I got to at least, you know, m you know, take – so I decided I'm going to take the summer off, do it the best I can, come back. And I prepared the October, November, December uh, – December, and I remember sitting right before I went home for Christmas, I sat down with Eldon and I was just struggling. I was in, by myself with me, just me and Lindsay in the house. And I was sitting there thinking and I said, Lindsay, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this. And I said, Roxanne's going to beat me. Eli's going to whoop me. Uh, I'm going to get smoked. You know, at this rate, I'm, I'm just mentally not there. I'm, I'm scared. You know, I don't like this. You know, and I just didn't. I didn't like that. I wasn't. I was like that. Mm -hmm. And I think she didn't like it either, knowing how you have to be in it. So I was like, all right, I mustered up again. Eldon comes over. I told him, I think I'm done. He's like, let's just give it to after Supercross. Let's let's see where you are there. And I was like, all right, yeah, okay. It was uh, mentally tough that season. But when I was sitting at uh, Las Vegas, I, I the team sat me down the second to last round, which was New Jersey, and said, hey, you can take the outdoors off, and uh, we won't cut your pay. You can also do all of next year. We'll pay you the same to do Supercross only. Um, I was like, man, that's wow. What a, what a con nobody's ever been offered that. That's, that's, mm. that'd be amazing. That's a, that's a great, uh, deal there. How can you not take that Ryan? You know? And, but it was just like, if I knew that if I took it, it was going to be because the money, not because I wanted to do it. Yeah. And that I was already at that mental, what I was facing a year prior. And after that race, we won that race that night and I was going into Vegas and that was a tough week. Just, it's all on the line. Here we are. You know, you're trying to say this doesn't mean everything yet. It's like, but we have to win tonight, you know? So anyway, I just remember that day. I said, I, I in a, in a good way of, with that, I just said, I never want to feel this way again. You know, just that racing, that risk, that nervousness that I don't have it in me anymore to do this anymore longer past this and so I said then that I think me knowing that gave me the motivation to push through that night and thankfully we got the job done and I knew that day that day that middle of that day I said this is it you knew I told that was Lin your last race I told Lindsay this is it and huh. I, I not to drag things out a little longer but the last day the last day I was practicing, uh, go, getting ready for Vegas in Florida, this was Wednesday, I was in my last moto. I had 10 laps to go in a 20-lap um, uh, moto. So I, I was on my last 10 laps, and I come through this rhythm section. And, you know, dirt bikes make, you know, it's a race bike. Dirt bikes may have malfunctions, you know. They just they just do. We all, sooner or later, and I, I, I will say that I have never had a mechanical failure 
the whole time I've been with KTM, thankfully. But that day, I come through a rhythm section. I'm fully committed. I'm in the last pocket to ready to triple out, and I've got a lot of speed. You know, you soak it up. So you're all your weights forward, and, dude, that bike just had not. I went to twist the throttle. There was nothing there. And here I am. The con- the ground is harder than concrete. It's clay. It's like, gosh. And I'm in the air flying through it, bailing off the bike. I'm thinking, is this real life right now? This ca- this isn't happening to me right now. You know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> Wednesday this is, before the final. This oh. is not happening. It, it, it was just so like, I don't know if you've had that moment, but. No, I've never been 30 <laughs> feet up in the air and had a bike die on so me. So you're, Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, and thankfully I, I, it scrubbed my speed a little bit. So I bailed off and I kind of landed down the downside and kind of, I didn't even have a chance to run. I won two foot and I slammed the ground, but I got up and I'm like, gosh, am I okay? Am I right? And thinking Vegas in my head, I'm like, am I hurt? No, everything's good. And, um, you were fine. I was fine. But I, and I was, I was walking to the shop, you know, my visors busted off. The bike was mangled, done. And I said, this is it. I, no more. That's it. So, you so I think so my mind was Thursday? made up Wednesday. So you didn't uh, ride the Thursday, well, we, Friday. We flew out Thursday to go to press. So that was the last time you rode a bike before <laughs> yeah. Vegas Supercross. And yeah, you actually, he wasn't it. even riding the bike. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. So that, and then, yeah, yeah. last uh, <laughs> retirement looming. Dude. Last time you've got a bike, or put a pair of boots I on. I was a head case, man. I was, str- I was uh, just stressed out. But well, is there a point you in your career? You held it together <laughs> long enough. Is there a point yeah. in your career, though, like, because you hear with, uh, like, Jack Nicholas, the greatest golfer ever, and he'd say, like, no, I want to be in a playoff with a 20-foot putt to win. I want that. Yeah. That's the only thing that I wa- That's the only thing in life that gives me the feeling that I, I need. So is there a point when you're at bat where it's, you know, maybe there's the, you know, just a crazy scenario where it's all on you. And if you hit or make a hit or a run, then you guys win. Or if you don't, you lose. It's it. Yeah. Is there a point in your career where you live for that? And where, was there a point in your career where you lived for that pressure, but then compound over years and years, and then it gets too much to where that, that's, that's a heavy weight. Like most people aren't prepared to put their, their life on the line or their on mil, in front of millions and millions of people you know, the career on the line at bat, that's got to be a weight to bear of that not like, I don't go do that on a daily basis. You know what I mean? So is it that you live for it and then there's a point where that weight's just too much to carry? Um, I I think to to feel that, to want to be at the plate in a big situation can literally change like day to day and week to week. So if you're in one of those grooves where you're seeing it, like where it looks like beach balls, everything's slow motion, you're feeling great, you want to be up there every time there's guys on base in every big situation there's been other times where i'm seeing it looks like they're throwing golf balls a thousand miles an hour and i'm like looking at the lineup thinking man i hope i don't come up right now like with the bases loaded in a in a big spot because i don't have a prayer you know what i mean so (laughs) it's weird i i don't think you just reach a point where you always want to be in that spot i think in baseball anyway it kind of comes and goes depending on you know how you're how you're feeling at the time yeah was that um with that whole fun thing that we were talking about being here and seeing you with drake was part of your fun as a pro baseball player the fact that you could take him and because i guess i didn't know that your dad was a a pro Mm -hmm. i guess that was your childhood was like you said growing up and being a bat boy and being around the league and then that was something that obviously that was a vision for your your son because i mean there's a lot that that you can learn as a kid through those experiences that you know you can't get through other kind of avenues sure was that 
I mean, that you've obviously said that was the reason for quitting, but did that just take the fun out of it? Was the fun gone when you couldn't take him and have those experiences with him? Uh, yeah, it would have been. I mean, fortunately, I literally two days after that happened, I was I went and rented an RV and tore the roof off of it, told you that whole story. <laughs> so that that was the end of it then. So I never really experienced <clears throat> a season without bringing him. Um, but a big a big reason for that, like you said, with my dad, those are some of the memories that I'll never forget. Those are just like some of my best childhood memories. So I remember thinking, man, when I'm as a pro, when I have a kid and he's old enough, I'm going to start bringing him and giving him some of those same memories. And I was able to. Fortunately, um, he was a good kid. I had some great managers and general managers that allowed it. So for really for five years, you know, he kind of came – he came every day. Um, shoot, he flew on the team flights with us. You know, when we'd go on the road, he was just kind of another employee of the team. Um, so I got to I got to do four or five years uh, in the league with him, kind of right by my side. That you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade for him, and that absolutely added way more fun to it. You yeah. Know, th- then it was easy to go home. We just got beat three to two. You know, I left a bunch of guys on base. You know, I might be down for. 30 minutes after the game, you know, a little jammed up and then, you know, look at Drake and ride home with him and talk with him. And then it's, it's pretty easy. And to he still had fun out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was good. I mean, he, yeah, he's on the way home, you know, asking me why I chased the, the three, two slider in the dirt or, you know, he's doing the stuff that kids would do like not yeah. thinking, man, maybe dad's still a little upset that he just struck out with the bases loaded. Oh no, he'll go right to it. Dad, why do you always swing at the slider at your back foot? You know it's coming. We knew it was going to come, but you're going to swing it. So it's we got some good laughs. And I mean, he's probably saying stuff that your managers are probably too, or like employees are probably too scared to say. Nobody would ever say. And then he's maybe maybe it was the manager telling Drake what to say. I I never even thought of that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they're saying, "Hey, remind your dad he sucks on the way home." Oh. Uh, It was it was a blast. Yeah, and I guess that you know, like we're saying that fun, you know, because you, you kind of, it's such a hard thing to do that you got to kind of find your own fun in those kind of stressful situations because it's just so out, outside the norm. Well, baseball for sure. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, racing's the same, but basically there's so much, there's so many games yet so much downtime. Um, we, you just got to find creative ways to, to have fun and, and, you know, and enjoy your enjoy the teammates enjoy drake being around and come up with stuff to do that's so cool for you know your little guy to i know i was a dad i was a daddy's boy we all went to work with them like construction work but to be able to be alongside dad i mean those were the that's awesome that's incredible you know I i would always say that that drake coming to work or you going to work with your dad it wasn't necessarily for him to learn about my job it was more for him to learn about his dad yeah and and kind of relationships and even in times when i didn't maybe didn't treat people right or didn't say the right thing um i want i wanted him to be around and see that and be able to talk about it and say hey i I screwed up yeah i screwed up there i snapped man i screwed up i should have you know i should have treated this guy differently um to see both the good and the bad i think i think did hit some and and not trying to yeah like not trying to paint the picture of like i'm this perfect guy but it's like hey here's the yeah, here's both sides of the coin because Absolutely. you'll have that in in life this too. This is you know? life. Yeah, you're, you're not. You know, it's not going to seem fair all the time. Stuff's going to happen. You know, and, and how do we handle it? And that's what I tried. And, and you'll see when you have kids, you start to kind of focus more and more on the importance of that because you know they're watching every single thing you do. 
Yeah, I know. I your kid I will be watching yeah. and everything you say, and it, and it's it's pretty neat to uh, to to know that you have that kind of influence on on the little on the little guys. You've been kind of coy with plans. I think I think you've got stuff in your head that you don't really want to say in case it doesn't come off or whatever. What can you say about? I mean, what's on the bucket list? You're 27 now. You're married. You're healthy financially in a good place the world is your oyster now in terms of being able to do some things that you want to do so i mean even if you don't know exactly what your plan is as such and you know things might not be locked in what's on the bucket list what and you're an athlete you're a hard working dude that this isn't going to go away you're going to have to find a way to channel that energy which you've done with you know e3 and buck commander and things like that so it's like where do you where do you see yourself channeling your energy? What's on the bucket list? What 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 can we sort of expect from you? Um, you know, like, I mean, I'm a pretty competitive guy, but yeah, I hear people say, uh, "Man, I, I need that adrenaline in my life. Like, I, I just need that." And I'm like, "I'm okay. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm compelled. I, I enjoyed it. I think there's that that fire inside you, you know." But um, I. I I really don't know, you know. I I I have a lot of thoughts, I have some ideas, um, but nothing's planned, nothing's for sure. Just more talk at this point. I, I really think that right now the biggest thing for me, can we go travel to do some world travel? Yeah, uh, we we got a couple trips to uh, Europe planned and this and that with my wife, and um, I hold her that, you know, she she gave up quite a bit to to do and sacrifice a lot, but. I think I've waited for so long and, and I know we just talked about it, but I, I can't wait to be a dad. I, I just did. I, when I was 20 years old, I wanted to have a little one. I just did. I, I, I thought I was, I thought I would have kids when I was in my early twenties, but think not thinking, you know, I've raced dirt bikes. How is that going to happen? Uh, with the travels and stuff like that. It's just, and of course, if Lindsay wanted them to do it, which, which she didn't just because all the travel there was, she came with me to all the races and stuff. And, um, I just, um, we waited for this time to do that, you know, and we got a few things to get lined up and to move to Minnesota and this and that. But yeah, I, I'm in first and hopefully we can have kids and everything works out great. There's a lot of bumping around all the, a lot, a lot of bumps I hit on the road, on the dirt bike track. So hopefully we're still hopefully good. they still work. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, aside you from that, wear, you guys didn't wear a cup. No, no cups. Oh, wow. You some, wear a cup. Some iron balls. You wear a cup out there when you run? <laughs> When I wrote, no, I don't. But I'm going like 15 miles an hour, which, by the way, yeah, I, but I felt like I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a video of me riding yesterday. Surely you guys had that in slow-mo. No, we did. I'm pretty sure. Okay. But the box still sounded normal. I'm, like I'm it still sounded like I'm, like, I'm going way faster and way higher than that. Dude, we, we couldn't that's keep up. That's embarrassing. That's what I've always loved about motocross, though, is that the feeling you have on a dirt bike and that scared, like I need to squeeze the brakes right now, is the same thing he has, but he's just doing just it 40 yards speed. down the track. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so it's like, that's I think uh, what's super cool. And you, you all, everyone thinks they're getting the same feeling out of it. Yeah. You know what's neat is, I, I wouldn't trade baseball for anything, but I think deep down, I, I wish I could do what you do. I have some guys in country music, man, I wish I, I wish I had, you know, could do what they do. And, but I've talked to them and they're like, man, if we could just play baseball. And so it's funny how you, you want what you don't have or want what you can't have. Yeah. I, Cause I'm always looking at these other guys in professions thinking, man, that would be way cooler than playing baseball. And, 
So I, that was, I, there's your tangent. Yeah, I agree. I think we all, I think there's all of us want, there's something we want to be that we kind of, it's a little too, yeah. right? And yeah, no, I could never do what you we do. We told I, if I could play the guitar, well, I mean, I could pick that up, but it's uh, there, you know, I think of all that it takes to get there. Or I was just at the Bristol NASCAR race and dang, to sit in that, to sit in that driving seat, but it's like, you know, just like you're getting on a dirt bike. I'm, I, I have no experience in a car, you know, yeah. or not very much. And so it, but the things that you, you know, I think there's try, but it's cool. Like how cool is it that you can get in the, you know, get into it and, and you can ride, yeah. you know, and though we're, you're not on a super cross track, but you, you can get that feeling and feel and, and, um, I'm weird like this, like, but whether I play golf or drive a car or whatever I'm doing, I feel that when I'm when I'm playing it, like I got to get good at this so I can make it to that very top, you know. Which I yeah. most never will, but yeah. there's just that like. Well, that's the competitiveness. That yeah. Do you it, feel that way? It like doesn't I, go. Yeah. Like gosh, I mean, I get well, this. I'm watching you ride. I'm thinking, all right, I can get there. Yeah. All right, keep putting the time in. I'll be able to do that one. Yeah. That, that ship has sailed, but yeah. no, I don't know that that goes away. Yeah. What's something that you never got asked? and never you know because i guess the like we were sort of saying the media almost baits answers that they want to fill a headline or that they want to fill a story or fit into the narrative of the sport because you guys end up being a part of a bigger picture you end up being a part of baseball you end up being a part of motocross Mm -hmm. but on that level you guys are individuals and you're going through different things so with you i guess what would be something that you never got asked that you really wish somebody would ask you or you would have liked to have had a chance to kind of to kind of go into yeah i don't know that it would have been a specific question that somebody would ask but i I think i wish i would have said more often and reiterated to the media which can be um can be intimidating especially when you have a boss you're playing with teammates you're playing for somebody for a city is to is to kind of get across that baseball isn't everything you know, and you yeah. don't, and, and so many times after a game in an interview, you don't necessarily lie, but you just kind of maybe make it out like you care more than you do because you're supposed to. You know, I'm supposed yeah. to be upset because I left a bunch of guys on base and we lost the game or whatever, which you are, but deep down, uh, especially the older I got, I'm, I, I would think more, man, there's way more important yeah. things going on in this world than – than this baseball game um and i remember saying at one time i made an error and cost us the game or something and one of the media guys was like well tell us about the play that you you know where you booted the ball and i said yeah it was it was you know i should have had it would have saved the game i said but you know reality is and i had just gone to walter reed that morning which is our, our military hospital in dc i was playing with the nationals when i was there for four years and got to spend a lot of time at walter reed and i'd gone in there that morning and happened to meet uh, a couple of kids, like 18, 19-year-old kids that had both their legs blown off. And one of them was sitting in there with his fiance. Uh, I think the other one had his parents in there. And just sitting and talking and hearing their story made baseball feel like the most unimportant thing on the planet. Go out that night, kick a ball, you know, whatever. And I, and I did. I told the media, I'm like, you know what? It, it Absolutely, it's upsetting. It, it hurts the team. I'm not happy about it, but... Let me tell you what I did this morning and what I saw. And and they took it well. Um, I mean, how can you not? So so probably just to tell them, mm-hmm. like, I love this game. 
but this ain't the most important thing, you know, yeah. going on in, in my world, our world, life right now. Um, you know, we're here for such a short time, you know, compared to eternity, compared to, I mean, it just, just comes and goes. Preparation and I, and for I the next. We can lock in yeah. so much on racing, lock in so much on baseball. Um, and those are things, again, you're four months out, you start thinking back, you know, I'm a couple years retired, you start thinking back on some of that, like, man, that wasn't as, as important as I made it out to be in the moment. But you, I could have brought up the same thing, but you, you said it the best that I, I, I couldn't have said it better than that, you know, well, that, and that's the same feelings and thoughts I have about it. So many kids are raised these days too to want it so bad you got to want it and then they probably think well what's wrong with me i don't want it as bad as somebody right but it wasn't supposed to be the main focus of your life and mm -hmm. i know when my grandma got cancer and passed away and she's a big inspiration in my life it was like racing i was like that but then then racing i didn't care it wasn't uh like you said what a platform you know to do that for a living how you know blessed were we but it was um it's small I mean, it is. what it, what it, you know, great. You want to race. That's awesome. You want it, you want championships. That, that, that's amazing. There's people who are fed and, and who have jobs and all these things because of this, but it's like, yeah, there's bigger, there, there's cancer, there's war. There, there's people who are going things that, that sure this isn't. And maybe, yeah, maybe I come off too a little bit like racing wasn't uh fun or racing wasn't like this and it, but, but it wasn't everything. It, it, what a great position, but I think yeah. you there was more to life and I knowing that it was um it was uh it was a confusing a little bit but once I learned like about in 2014 but puts things in perspective perspective how many how many championships did you win um I, I think nine uh throughout the wow whole. that's a lot when you have to think when he doesn't even remember no, how many. I, that's how bad. good he is that's and he won it. them all he won all Four, the major championships three, nine it's nine before nine. he was before he was 20 by 20 he'd won everything no kidding 20 i don't think wow. people remember that stat well my point there was after every one of those how long after that holding up the trophy was it was it not satisfying anymore i knew exactly exactly what you're gonna say and it, and I mean, it was great in that moment but i thought i was gonna live on that high for for a month and you're like is this it i went to bed the next night and you wake up the next morning and you maybe have a little bit more money and you maybe have another achievement behind your name but it wasn't satisfying it, right. it wasn't rewarding like like it you thought it was going to be you know and that's it and that's that's the stuff the media yeah. doesn't really yeah. want to hear but that's reality like yeah. all these things we chase yeah you know, i remember i remember as a rookie like man if i could just if i can make a million dollars yeah and you get there it's like eh, if i could just sign a two or three year deal and make this and make you, 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 we set all these goals to re and when we get there we're like man that's it yeah and, and you know it's like it's never good enough mm-hmm I just think that's interesting. And I, and I figured that was the answer that like pretty quick after holding up that trophy, you're kind of already thinking about the next one or thinking back like, man, I thought that was going to be a better feeling than it was, even though it's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, it just doesn't totally satisfy you. Yeah. Like, like I think people think it does. Right. And, and I think people have that same thought we do. So they expect you're on that high that they think you're on and they ask you about it, you know, probably you world series, right? Never. No. But that's I'm just our, saying, that's though, goal. I'm Absolutely. I'm saying you win the World Series, the team, 
whether it's NBA finals, they yeah. go around, they're doing this parade and all these things. And, but they're probably like, man, that was weeks ago. Like, yeah. Let's get on to the next one. All right. right. And, and it's so short lived and, and, uh, there's bigger, bigger things in life. There's, there's, this is small, very small. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think in saying that though, um, I think that anytime you go through anything extremely hard, which you guys both go through, what you do on the track is hard. The pressure that you and your mechanic and Roger and Ian, that's hard. So I think anytime you go through these super hard things, while the sport and the, I guess the victories or the championships and those moments are short-lived, the people that you experience those extremely hard times with, that's very long-lived. So I think maybe that's probably, you know, what gets taken out of sport or, you know, like Marines. You see a Marine that goes through and they'll they'll be friends until they die sure. because you go through something so hard. Obviously, sport's a bit different to, you know, the battlefield. But it, in a lot of ways, it is a, you know, no it doubt. is a battlefield. It's a brotherhood. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, while the maybe, maybe too much emphasis is put on the victories of the championships and less on the people that you go through the struggle with is that you know is that something sort of fair I, to I say i couldn't agree more I, yeah. I think those are the things that after retirement i miss the most is the rain delays you know the two-hour rain delay where you're in there playing cards with the boys um mm -hmm. the long flight coast to coast after a night game to get up for a day game the next day where you're just you're it's that team room locker room atmosphere I'm telling you, in two years, I've I have never once missed being on the field. I've missed the relationships, and exactly what you're talking about—the stuff that when you go through it, because <clears throat> they win the a division or win relate, a World right? Series, those that, are the guys you'll you'll probably stay in touch with for a long time. The guys you went through the grind with, your team, yeah, and that's even guys you raced against that you maybe trained with. Yeah, um, you just develop a respect there that. Yep that's probably not going to be broken yeah it is and you can pick up you cannot talk for a while but you pick up right where you left off when you call each other and i think that that's for sure the track stuff was fun but yeah. the relationships along the way though that's what's important and and yeah you're right you learn life experiences you i learned so many from from going through the races and all and a lot of things but that you can use moving forward but it's it's um yeah, the, the relationships, and that's that's what life's about too, you know. So uh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You couldn't have said it better. Mm -hmm. I, I I just blown away that you put it like that, and I'm and I'm, yeah. Well, I had all night to think about it. <laughs> yeah. You gave me the question <laughs> yeah. last night. All uh, right. Yeah. So who was the guy? Real quick, who was the guy that you never got to race against? Ricky Carmichael. Ricky. Yeah, yeah. He uh, they call him the goat, the greatest of all time. Which which. He 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 Pretty is. Pretty hard to argue. Yeah, he's he was really very good. You know, you know how we find out? We do a one-on-one -on -one corn corn track race. There we go. Right here at the E3. Yeah. Just mono a mono. We'd have sure, to, I'm sure he could we'll make it out for that. Let's set it up in a week. How about it? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Ricky still shreds. Can he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How old is he? What's how old? Thirty. He's ten. I think he's got about your age. Thirty. Thirty-seven. Right. He? Yeah. He's ten. Ten years older than me. Yeah, and Ryan had a lot to do with with Ricky as well. So when when yeah. Ryan first turned pro, uh, Ricky was on the was it his last my year? Team. Was it his my... last year though? Yeah, yeah. So he was in his last year, and it was Ryan's first year, and they're on the same team. And then oh, really? Ryan moved so to Tallahassee. To well. Yeah, it was like uh, okay. I got some good stories, but 
That's for another Come, day. Give us a story. One, one Carmichael story. No, not on there. Man, I've got some good ones. Too. He's, he's a little a, dirty. He's a legend. He's, he's a, he can be a little extreme in some of his stuff, but uh, oh man, he had this thing. Let's, they call it uh, you know, Waffle House smothered and covered. Or, oh yeah. So they, they yeah, oh, yeah, they turned this one deal. So a, after every time he'd get done riding, he's retired, of course, just testing, just to test, just test riding, helping us out. He thought it's funny that he's going to take his riding underwear. I mean, these things probably they got skids in them, you know. He just <laughs> he just went behind the he just went behind the water tank deal. Went to the bathroom. There's no toilet paper over there, so you know. All right. So he takes these things and wraps them over your head, squeezes it tight behind your head, so you're you're in it like it's on your nose. And uh, oh. so after every time he rode, you you had to watch your back. Oh shoot, I like him even more. That's yeah, awesome. He's a good That's sick though. He, he he's a he's a good old Tallahassee yeah, boy. He helped me out so much. I I owe that guy a lot. He's a good good guy. Good family. His parents are awesome. It's yeah, huh. awesome. Very cool. Um, so what made you get into motocross? Because I feel like that's probably as far away from baseball as you could probably get. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I had a bike when I was 13 or 14. I had a big Honda 250. Mm. Two-stroke? No, no, old. I mean, okay. it was an antique then. Yeah. I, don't, I have no idea what year this bike was. My dad, I think we got it for 150 bucks. I started riding and I'd, I'd had, we had a, we had a culvert go go over our driveway and it was just one spot that I, I remember it being like a 10 foot ramp it was probably about a foot and a half you know when you're 13 14 and so i'd go jump the driveway all the time i mean just over and over jump the driveway baseball comes around i, I decided to do that for you know career and, and i wasn't able to ride for like 20 years maybe more than that um, just because of contracts that's like literally one of the first things in your contract is yeah. do not get on a motorcycle um, so I hadn't touched it until probably a year and a half ago. And, and that was one of the first things when I retired, I went and bought a dirt bike, um, put a little, put a little track in and was trying to get back into it. It's just, I, I remember riding when I was younger, having zero fear. Yeah. I never thought, you know, what if it was, this is going to look cool. Yeah. And that was my only thought. And now I find myself like, as I'm going like, man, what if this doesn't work out? So I'm, I, I wish I could have got into it. 20 years ago um i probably would have never been good but i think i would have had a little more idea what i was doing and just always always really respected what you guys did and more so when i started riding out here when i started riding on a track and finding out how draining and how hard that oh. is and i'm talking about just four or five laps going pretty slow <laughs> and i'm soaking wet and my forearms are killing me i mean it's like it's a full body workout so now i think more than anything i'll use it just kind of for for fun and also cardio just yeah. to go out and, and kind of get some riding in but uh, yeah always loved it and respected it um so and now you get 37 i said well better late than never yeah and it's, i got to ride his bike yesterday which by the way is staying here we're gonna, yeah, we're yeah. gonna call it in we're gonna call it in stolen you guys heard it um, first right here okay <laughs> that is awesome yeah yeah what are you doing with the track man yeah, you got I a know. you got a you got a fantastic track there well, i don't the even who owns it do I own it or does Red Bull own it? Is it is it on your <laughs> land? That's right. It's it on your on land. land. I, mean, I I have no idea. Honestly, I I plan ahead so little that I didn't even think about that till like two days ago. Somebody asked me. I was like, "Well, well, I hadn't even got that far yet. I don't know because I can't I can't ride it. I mean, I can't jump any of them." I tell you what we do. This is 
Baker's got the equipment here. I mean, that track's there. You gotta ride. You gotta say you want to ride it, right? I would love to. Right. But I mean, that's let's knock, I think let's that's knock some. You saw me ride yesterday. Yeah, but let's let's tame some jumps down and <laughs> we better tame them way down. A little bit, you know. Yeah. Or, just or make, just make put it... foam pits at the bottom of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like make no. it like a like a like a nice. Yeah, you, you could definitely have some fun out of that thing. Yeah. Well, you can have a new bike. I got, I got a new yeah, bike. I just say, got, got a new, new bike. bike. So, you, so we got that covered. So you just text Ryan and say, all right, so the first one, what am I throttle, what gear? And then that's all you need to do. I just, he I knows exactly it. how it is. That's right. That's right. I don't, maybe, yeah, I, w- I would love to keep it. Um, something to shoot for. Shoot, maybe get, maybe an excuse to get you back out here to play around on it sometime. Hey, I'm, you know, 500 miles from Minnesota, I don't take but seven hours. I get out here in the pickup truck. I got my fishing poles. I, Oh, that's right. You got you got a, a guy's dream land out here. Oh, so been... I don't have a gun, but I'll, I'll go buy a gun. You know, we got guns. <laughs> we, we got, got okay, that covered. Well, yeah, you, yeah, so... you, you seen him there? <laughs> yeah. You're good. I'll <laughs> mow the grass for you. Whatever you got to do, I'll just <laughs> when I'll the, be your land keeper. Uh, <laughs> when the zombies come, I'm flying here. Fly, I'm going, Adam. You need a shooter, bro. You need a shooter. This is where I'm coming. Yeah, that's right. What What did you think when you saw that? Like, because you'd heard the concept, but what did you think when you saw yeah, the track for the first time? Did you see any time? video about or the pictures? Corn track. <laughs> did you see any of I, it coming in? You know, I've seen uh, pictures. Okay. Um, never an aerial, just more pictures. I when I, I expected something 100% completely different. Really? Um, when I got here and the way it was and how the layout was good, it, it's way better than I thought. In a, in a good way, it's better. Good. Um, but... Um, I didn't, it, the funny part, like I, you know, I had to follow a Sean off the jumps. You know, he's like one of the guys who helped build the track with Jason. He used to race Sean Reif, good, good old dude. And I had to follow him off the jumps because we're jumping over like it's some blind jumps. We're jumping over the corn and, and, and there's, you couldn't just jump and, and land on the flat in the middle of the jumps. There's corn all in the middle. So you'll see. And, uh, so it was, was like, ooh, let's get these down first before we... Uh... Plus, you're coming off the couch. It's not like you're in Supercross. <laughs> ah, last, time on, you, last time you rode was over the bars at Alden's on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. No, but I had a couple of days over him. So it just was... I'm having so much fun. And I was telling Adam, it's like, it, if this was... Um, it's where I grew It's like exactly where I grew up, just how the area is around here. It was in the cornfields. And, and we, we had a track and... Um, so just to be able to ride it and not have the race and not be stressing on having to get ready for a race, I can just enjoy this. And it's where it's similar to where I grew up. It's just like I, I underestimated the fun factor, how much I was really going to enjoy this. So it's just really neat how this all works out. Yeah, was I there think part of having part of your fun here too? Is is you're not in the middle of yeah a season exactly. You're not you, now. You know that you can just go enjoy it, not worry about times. Just go have fun. Yeah, and, I mean, we talked about that yesterday. Just, I, I guess how much yeah, just how much more fun it is when you're yeah not in that grind of yeah. Even off season, I don't think I would have been really enjoyed it. Yeah. If if I if, if I was even racing next year, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. Even if it was off season, right. I would have. Don't get me wrong. Um, this is different. This is just it it, is. it's nice to just completely like let go and enjoy um for what what i started it's it's why i started i'm getting back to those roots and i love that you know that's fun i mean i i know why i ride the dirt bike because it was fun you know when you're a kid riding in minnesota and in the cornfields 
Did you ever fantasize about having a custom-built track where you could jump in and it? Like, tell me you had that fantasy no. as a kid. I was laying in bed last night thinking, dude, all these people are here because because of me, you know, and this 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 retirement thing, and and you know, I'm not riding out there. Hey guys, look at me. I'm just like incredibly blown away. Like like never I would have ever imagined. I I was a big dreamer, but I was also a little bit uh. How the heck am I ever going to make it there? Because, you know, but here well, we are. That's, and, how, that's how humble you are. I don't know. This is crazy. Loves you, so yeah. well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And this guy opens up his land for us to plants the corn. I mean, this is a process and Red Bull putting this on and they've been an amazing sponsor. And I don't know. This has just been, uh, it's hard to put into words. This has been an incredible week, week, a couple of days. Well, um, we'll wrap it up here. I learned a lot about each of you. I mean, and I've known I've known Ryan for a while now, so so I think the the beauty of doing something like this and getting the conversation going. So, thanks very much for having us out at your your property. It's absolutely incredible. I don't want to leave, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how the video turns out. Done's been amazing. Appreciate it, boys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.